This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Thursday, May 14th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins. My usual co-host for Thursday is Brad Johnson, but he has a personal emergency today. He's going to be flying solo on the podcast, recording just for you, just by myself. Kind of worried going to sound like a crazy person with this monologue, and we'll probably be keeping it short. But I want to make sure to get an episode out for you guys today and get some picks that uh, I highlighted that I thought looked okay for Thursday for you. It'll probably be a short episode, but uh, that'll be okay. I just got back from the Seattle Mariners game last night where I went and saw the Padres take on Seattle in Game 2 of the Vetter Cup this year, which I've talked about all week, which was good. Um, took some pictures and went and got some garlic fries, which I'm supposed to spend 10 minutes on today for Sean Rosales, but it sounds like he's only going to get 10 seconds on it. That said, checklist, garlic fries, done. Anyway, we got a weird split slate today. Uh, five early games going on in Thursday, and then six evening games. So there's two opportunities to play some DFS, including starting really early, about noon on the East Coast, with St. Louis and Cleveland. So at catcher today, I had three guys I really liked that I thought you guys should check out, um, starting with Salvador Perez at Ross Detweiler. Salvador Perez hits lefties really well, and Ross Detweiler is nothing special, to put it nicely. I think Salvador Perez could do just fine in a stack. He's a um, the Kansas City stack at Texas. He's a pretty good right-handed bat. Um, him and Lorenzo Cain, which we'll get to later, can do some damage there. And even though Kansas City has a bunch of left-handed bats in it, they can all do fine against Ross Detweiler. I could see some runs there in Texas. I also like Brian McCann at Erasmo Ramirez in Tampa Bay. Um, Tropicana Field's not a great place to play, but Erasmo Ramirez just slid into that rotation and I don't want to say he doesn't deserve a spot because he clearly made it in there, but that's a rotation just full of injuries, and he hasn't done well this far at all. Thus far at all, Matt and I used to really like Erasmo the Eraser Ramirez, but not his year right now. Things are not working out. So Brian McCann could do plenty of damage as well as the other Yankees. And finally, he has Money Grandall against Chad Bettis. I feel like that's going to be a really popular stack of well at Dodger Stadium. Chad Bettis is also, to put it nicely, nothing special, and the Dodgers can hit, if you weren't aware, um, including Grandall, who should often bat near the top of the lineup, which is uh, common for a catcher. So he'll do fine. He's a switch hitter. He does especially good against righties like Bettis. And if if and when they chase him from the game early, there's going to be some uh, a big bullpen to feast on as well. So I could see a long day for the Colorado staff in Dodger Stadium. At first base, uh, I had a few more names. Prince Fielder gets Jeremy Guthrie. Jeremy Guthrie not only is not very overpowering, but he struggles with lefties, and that's in Texas. I've said it before, I think Prince Fielder's price is going to go up over the summer. He's done well so far. Um, and the the Rangers definitely aren't great, but I think they could do something against Guthrie, you know, in Kansas City. That's going to be a game to watch for for run score, definitely. Guthrie versus Detweiler. I also like Joey Votto against Lincecum. Lincecum continues to not be great, and Votto continues to get better, or at least bounce back. Uh, I think he's been really underrated, at least points-wise so far. Maybe not huge home run numbers, but definitely solid home run numbers, and he will walk and score some runs if the Reds can do damage against Lincecum. Mark Teixeira is in the stack against Erasmo Ramirez. Shouldn't have a problem with him. Um, He's shown that power. Maybe an injury there, but... 
doing just fine. And there's no reason not to uh, pick him if you like a Yankee stack in Tampa Bay. Logan Morrison gets Joe Kelly, a guy that I think has some talent, but isn't really putting it together all the way yet. More importantly, Logan Morrison's been hot. And if you believe in him, he's a guy that's shown patience and power before. Right now, it's a bit more of the power. But he's a guy that could also do some damage against Joe Kelly. And again, Adrian Gonzalez versus Chad Bettis. Anybody in the Dodgers lineup really today, but especially Aegon is a lefty, likes to hit righties like Bettis, and could do just fine. RBI machine, and there's no reason not to go with him today at home. Um, at second base, I had four names for you guys. Addison Russell gets John Neese. Uh, that's a platoon advantage for Addison, who's cooled off a little bit, but he has a bunch of talent, and he should stay pretty cheap. Um, he's at the bottom of the Cubs lineup usually, but... Them hitting lefties could do just fine today at Wrigley Field. Uh, Robinson Cano gets Joe Kelly. Again, if you like that Mariners stack. I wish it weren't at Safeco Field. And Joe Kelly is capable of his big game, so it's a bit of a risky stack. But if you're in a GPP or something and want to go the other way around, um, Cano could do just fine with uh, Seattle. Dustin Pedroia is on the flip side of that um, against Rowan Elias, And I think a Red Sox stack in Seattle could also be popular. Again, wish it weren't in Seattle at Safeco Field, but there's all those varieties in the Red Sox lineup, and Rowan Elias is simply nothing special. Maybe a podcast favorite and a good spot start option when he has a good matchup, but versus the Boston Red Sox, it's not when you want uh, Rowan Elias, and so they could do some damage there today. And then Howard Kendrick gets Chad Bettis. Yeah, another Dodger. Uh, he doesn't have the platoon advantage, but... It, Howie is certainly not weak against fellow righties, so he could do just fine. Um, if you're looking for a second baseman, fill him in there. I'm going to cut to also some other picks I like of just general stacks, not necessarily out of position, but the Blue Jays are in Houston against Roberto Hernandez, and that's righty on righty. That Blue Jays lineup is mostly righties, but they're all good enough, and Roberto Hernandez is bad enough that I could like them just fine, as well as the Detroit Tigers versus Mike Pelfrey. Same deal. He's right-handed, so are they. So nobody specifically sticks out that well, but I like anybody from the Blue Jays and anybody from the Tigers. And what I'm trying to think of a term for this, but I, I'm leaning towards calling them spackle, and that if you have a hole in your DFS lineup and you don't know how to fill it, you can just grab a Blue Jays guy, grab a Tigers guy, fill them in in the holes that you have. Uh, Gotta run this by Matt on Friday, but I'm leaning towards calling him a spackle. But if you can't find a second baseman you like, take Devin Travis, take Ian Kinsler. They could do just fine. Somebody in that lineup's gonna score today. So think about that in these other positions. Back to positions specifically, third base, Chris Bryant gets John Neese. Uh, that's a platoon adventure here. A guy that obviously has a bunch of hype and a bunch of talent, but he's ready to go. Now that he's hitting homers, he seems to have unlocked it and he's, he's gonna hit plenty more home runs. And there's no reason he can't do that again today. He also just been an RBI machine, which nece- isn't necessarily predictive, but I don't know. Guy's already a major leaguer. Guy's already shown plenty of power at third base. So he's a good option today against the Mets. Um, I like Luis Valbuena. Also, uh, versus Hutchison, a guy shows good pop, moderate pop, but dependable pop in the Houston lineup. Um, hits in the middle of the order, and he'll be at home against Drew Hutchison. Drew Hutchison has talent. That's the guy Matt and I have also liked, but 
It's been a bad year for him so far. He's something that's not right. I hope he's not hurt, but the point is he's allowing a bunch of runs, and that's good for Luis Feldbuena and the Astros. So keep an eye on him. He could be a good cheap option at third base. Kyle Seeger gets Joe Kelly. Again, I like Seattle and their stack. Um, nothing wrong with Kyle Seeger. Wish you were on the road and a better place to hit, but he could do just fine. Uh, Joe Kelly throws hard enough, and if he runs into a fastball against him, you could see some runs scored and uh, good things for Kyle Seeger. And then Nolan Arenado goes to Dodger Stadium, gets Brett Anderson. I like Nolan Arenado against a lefty. Wish you were in Colorado, but... He can do what he needs to do there um, if you are a big Arenado guy and like to pick him up there. The three guys I like that shortstop um, in that same stack, Troy Tulowitzki, but as I mentioned before, something's not quite right, and it's hard to pay for him when he's not in Colorado. He's just been not bad by any means, but he hasn't been, you know, early season Troy Tulowitzki, so it's hard to go with that. There's also Alcides Escobar at Ross Detweiler, right-handed Kansas City guy at the top of the lineup in Texas against the lefty. Hard to be excited about Alcides, but could score some runs, a decent cheap option. Maybe run a little bit, but uh, it's more of like a stack play or betting on a, a big game for Kansas City than being that excited about Alcides, but he could certainly get in on it. And then Starlin Castro gets John Nice, and if you like Starlin Castro... Against the lefty is when you want him, and that's exactly what he gets uh, in John Neese, who has kept his ERA down, but his whip and his peripheral suggest he's not that on fire, and he's never been that dominant. Um, I like John Neese, but not enough to stay away from him, so Starlin Castro is fine there. And again, if you want to fill in, uh, Jose Iglesias could be part of a big game against Mike Pelfrey. I'd, he'll hit maybe at the bottom of the lineup, but... As that lineup turns over, there could be some runs scored, and it's kind of a bab up guy, and if he puts him in play, things could happen for Jose Iglesias. So I like him as a cheap option if you want to stay, you know, at a low price at shortstop to build up your other positions. Finally in the outfield, Gregory Polanco gets Aaron Harang if you want to bet on that. I like Aaron Harang. I've after I picked him once in our contest and he burned me a little bit, but Jason Collette, who was on our on one episode, uh, dubbed him Mr. Quality Start, and that made a lot of sense to me. He often gets the job done, so it could be hard for Polanco, but it also wouldn't surprise me if he did well. Lorenzo Cain, who I mentioned earlier, a guy that has some pop, has some speed, can hit for average, can kind of put up points in a bunch of different ways. He's a big righty bat in the Kansas City lineup in Texas, going to Texas, obviously. He's a big righty bat in the Kansas City lineup, and that could be in play in Texas when he gets Ross Detweiler, uh, who just really isn't overpowering, and Kansas City could do fine. So I, I like big things for Lorenzo Cain today. Michael Kadire is usually pretty dependable, but he hasn't been what he's been the last few years because he's not playing for the Rockies, not playing in cores, so that's not shocking. But he hasn't been bad, and he gets Travis Wood, who... It's nothing special, and he's going to Wrigley Field, and he likes to hit lefties, so I could see okay things for Michael Kadire, hopefully driving in some runs there. On the flip side, Jorge Soler gets John Nice. A lot of people had high hopes for Jorge Soler this year, and I still feel good about him, obviously, in his career. It's pretty early to jump ship, but strikeout problems have really been concerning for him. He gets lefty, he gets John Nice. I like a lot of those Cubs guys, but... There's definitely some uh, asterisks around him as well. Some other stacks I really like. 
the Yankees again at Erasmo in Tampa Bay. If you want Jacoby Ellsbury or Brett Gardner, they could be hitting and running all day. I think that's going to relatively quickly become a bullpen game for uh, Tampa Bay. So I like them to make it a long game quite possibly. And they have some pop. I wish we were at Yankee Stadium, not in Tampa Bay. But again, they're near the top of the lineup and they could put up some numbers for sure. Uh, Mookie Betts and Hanley Ramirez are right-handed outfielders that will be in Seattle. Uh, they like to hit lefties, and they get Rowanis Elias. Betts could be a middle infielder for you, depending on your format, and again, that's a lot more valuable. Um, same with Hanley, also, depending on where you're playing, but if they're outfielders, wherever they are, um, that'll be helpful, and they could do big things. And I like two Nationals outfielders uh, in San Diego today. Bryce Harper, for reasons that don't need to be explained, I don't know if he'll fit your budget, but if you do pony up for him, I have no problem with that. And then I like Denard Spann, who gets Tyson Ross, and I mentioned this before, Tyson Ross cannot control the running game. Also, he hasn't been pitching that well, so not only does Spann have a decent chance of getting on base against him, which is something he's good at, and he'll be at the top of the Nationals order where he can get driven in a fair amount, but he can run once he's on. Uh, he's not a huge stolen base guy, but he's a pretty decent guy running the bases, and I could see some swipes for him against the guy that's just known to not hold the running game. So that could be tough on Tyson Ross, but good for Denard Span. Score some runs, put up some points for stealing bases. Don't be surprised if he's running today, and it could be a cheaper outfield option. Colby Rasmus gets Drew Hutchison. Could see some pop there. He, he strikes out, doesn't get on base a lot, but he definitely does damage when he connects, so... Could see uh, an okay game for him against a guy that struggled. Seth Smith gets Joe Kelly. Seth Smith only does one thing, and it's hit righties, and that could be pretty okay for him against Joe Kelly. Unless Joe Kelly puts it together today, but I'm not worried about that too much. Um, Seth Smith is a nice cheap option at the top of the Seattle lineup in case they put up plenty of runs. And then finally, one more stack, going right back to it. Shock Peterson and Andre Ethier against Chad Bettis. The Dodgers, again, I think are going to make a long day for the Colorado staff, and so go ahead and fill them in there. Uh, both those guys, Jock Peterson has obviously made a name for himself so far, and Andre Ethier is kind of turning back the clock a bit. He's been better than you would think. He's been good, so uh, he could be a good option there to, to produce in what's going to be maybe a big day for the Dodgers. Might be a lot of guys on base for him, which is what you would like. And again, don't hesitate to fill in some Blue Jays outfielders or some Tigers outfielders, especially Yoana Cespedes and J.D. Martinez is starting to heat back up a little bit. Um, not a great year for him so far, but could be turning things around in May. And then some pitchers I like. It's honestly a tough pitching day. That's not what you guys want to hear. Um, but there aren't a lot of options I really feel good about. Johnny Cueto gets the Giants. It's going to be expensive, but... That's the only one I feel really good about. Um, it's not very helpful to name a great pitcher for you guys, but if you can get some cheaper options and then fill him in there, you could do pretty well. Trevor Bauer could do well against the Cardinals. Uh, he likes to strike guys out, and even though the Cardinals have some decent lefties, I hope you guys saw what Corey Kluber just did to the Cardinals. Kind of got back on track with a huge game on Wednesday, and I don't think that leads right into a great success for Trevor Bauer, but it obviously shows that the Cardinals can get beat, and they can strike out. I definitely don't expect quite those level things from Trevor Bauer, but he still is fine. He's capable of strikeouts, and that's a team that can do it. Uh, my field of streams pick was Chase Whitley at Tampa Bay. That's going to be a nice, cheap option. Not a pick I'm hugely confident about, but I like it for the price, um, especially if you want to build a GPP stack or put one around him. 
if he gets the job done, that will save up a lot of money for the rest of your lineup. And I like it okay. It's not a not a scary place to pitch and not a scary lineup. And he's a guy that has definitely shown flashes of success before. And he will hopefully get his share of uh, run support against a, a tough day for Tampa Bay. Aaron Harang gets the Pirates. They're, the Pirates are struggling right now at the plate, I feel like. And that can mean good things for Aaron Harang, who is Mr. Quality Start. Again, I don't expect eight shutout innings, but he could get a win there. And although I wouldn't bank on it, considering, you know, he plays for the Phillies and they don't score that much. Even against Vance Worley, it's it's hard to bank on a win. But Aaron Harang could do a solid job. Anibal Sanchez gets the Twins. He's had a tough year. I think there's a lot more talent there than he's showing. And if you want to turn your season around versus the Twins, might be the way to do it, especially against Mike Pelfrey. I'm thinking, hoping he'll get plenty of run support. To be fair, we said that on Wednesday against Ricky Nolasco, and he was good. And I don't have an explanation for that. I don't know what to tell you. But I don't think you should shy away just because of that. I think Detroit could do just fine again. Don't feel like you got burned on Wednesday. Go right back to the well, in my opinion. Annabelle could get run support and could be just fine against the Twins on Thursday. Um, I know we said that I would pick some guys that stream against them. Drew Hutchison at Houston. If you're feeling, if you're feeling bold, he can rack up the strikeouts and they've definitely gotten cold before. So even though I like some guys against him, there is a scenario in my mind where he does pretty well against them too, uh, in Houston. So if you want him as a cheap second option or you want to build a stack around him, um, I don't think it's terrible. I think he could surprise and he could be cheap and rack up some Ks against a, a cold Houston offense lately. And then same with Joe Kelly at the Mariners. I could see that going good and I can see that going bad. I wouldn't go in with a lot of confidence, but I would at least consider doing a, a play there uh, of Joe Kelly, who has sh- had his dominant starts and he will be in Seattle. Uh, so keep an eye on that one at least. But Again, I wish I had more confident picks for you on Thursday, but it's a, it's a tough day. Um, Doug Fister goes to San Diego and Brett Anderson gets the Rockies. I, it's hard to feel confident about any of those either. Same with Jonathan Neese at Travis Wood. Both guys that could do fine, but not something I'm really into. Michael Walker has talent, but against Cleveland, it's not a great matchup. Obviously, I would stay away from... Tim Lincecum, Mike Pelfrey, Vance Worley, Roberto Hernandez, Chad Bettis. I don't even know why I'm mentioning Chad Bettis in that kind of light on this podcast. But they're guys to stay away from and guys that do, could do okay. It's a tough pitching day, especially these double slates. So you might need to just go all out and betting low on some of these cheaper guys like Whitley or Hutchison and cross your fingers and then hope that your good offense can click with them and do well for you. That should do it for me, recording by myself in what I'm dubbing the monologue episode. Sorry you guys got stuck with me and just my voice, not much shenanigans or banter. But uh, like I said, would rather get an episode out for you instead of having no episode. Don't want to miss a day doing our job of getting five episodes out a week for you guys. I would love to hear from you on Twitter or in the comments section. Um, on Twitter, I'm at HigginsFOS. Help me feel like I wasn't just talking to myself in an empty room here. I would like to hear what you think. We appreciate any feedback we get on the podcast, uh, positive or negative, as long as you're nice. But uh, we're still getting on our feet and figuring things out a little bit this year. So you can help shape the podcast and what you think works and what you think doesn't work. We like to uh, hear, and it's actually helped a lot so far. So uh, you guys have been great as fans, and keep your comments coming, and keep your fantasy questions coming, too. We always like to talk fantasy. So like to hear from you guys get some feedback i think they'll do it for today i'll be back tomorrow with matt 
He'll uh, help give me a break, talk about what I did in Seattle and what's going on on Friday and over the weekend in DFS. But uh, until then, I'm Dylan Higgins. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit Fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.